The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, has flexed his authoritarian muscles. Even though he doesn't really have many. He's a puny little guy. But he's basically gone all Stasi on the Canadian truckers. And we've talked about it. The Canadian truckers have decided to clog up some main arteries of entrance and to and from the United States border. And they've left a lane open here and there, but for the most part, they have blockaded the roadways and they're relying on public funding through what we covered a few weeks ago, GoFundMe. There is a Christian alternative to GoFundMe called Give, Send, Go. So once GoFundMe decided they were just going to go all uh, big tech Marxist on the Canadian truckers and deny them the funding, then Give, Send, Go stepped in and started receiving the funding too. So they've set up these little markets and little dining facilities. They've been cooking out. They've got all these supplies on the trucks. So as long as the funding keeps coming in, they can stay there for a long time. I mean, them trucks are stocked from what I hear. So Justin Trudeau has been clobbering his fist on the table, and he gets his Nikita Khrushchev on, and he basically says, we will bury you. We will send we will pass the Emergencies Act, or we will you know, issue the Emergencies Act, which basically is like an act of war. It's like a war, <laughs> like martial law kind of act. So he's going to call for martial law and go after these truckers. And he's also going to compel for just pay or just compensation tow trucks uh, companies to tow these trucks out of here. So if it's a tow truck company and you work for some government agency, you will be compelled for just compensation to tow these trucks out there. You lose your license with these or lose your contracts with these government uh, agencies. So yeah, full on. I mean, this is, this is great reset. I mean, this is why they're doing this because and I'm going to read some stories that are completely unrelated, but they are related. And you'll find out how here in a little bit. But the whole thing is you're seeing the COVID lockdowns all across the globe, especially in the Western democracies, mainly setting the stage for the eventual globalization, the global union, the United, United Nations of Davos. And they're all happening in different Western democracies, Australia, New Zealand. We had limited versions here in America. Thank God for federalism. We were able to stave that off. Thank you, Governor DeSantis in Florida and Governor Abbott to some degree. Um, uh, Governor Reynolds, uh, you know, it's it's these different states that didn't play the game and didn't lock their economies down or their citizenry um, that saved America from going full on lockdown. But they have to. They have to wield the power and maintain it since they were able to get people to go along and giving it up for two weeks to flatten the curve. Now we're, you know, uh, two, two, uh, two years in flattening the curve. And also uh, we're going to have a couple of years of flattening tyranny, you know, <laughs> and, and, the and the truckers are providing that flattening of the tyranny. Thank God for that. We're coming up on two weeks. 
But maybe Justin Trudeau had these tendencies already. You know, he comes from the minority party. I mean, he doesn't really have uh, that much of a, a party share because it's a it's kind of like England where there's multiple parties in a coalition and he's what got like 20 percent. So somehow this guy was able to be reelected, which we're hearing now that 200,000 ballots were found uh, that were never counted and that could have swayed the election against Trudeau. But, you know, that doesn't sound familiar or anything. That couldn't happen here in America. But Justin Trudeau decided to, a few years earlier, show his affinity for China. With Sun TV watching for any slip, he was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, that I find quite interesting. <laughs> he likes the flexibility and the efficiency of the Chinese dictatorship. You know, you probably got a lot of efficiency when you've got an enslaved genocide happening and you've got the Uyghur Muslims in enslavement internment camps building your solar panels and mining your your precious metals. I mean, you can get pretty efficient at getting them things out of the ground with slave labor. I mean, hell, you can't, you can't beat that. Um, so, yeah, he praises China, which is interesting because the Great Reset, the globalization, the model is China. It is a government Private industry co-op. That's all it is. Government will get the private industry to do its job. And you'll see a couple of things because there's some key takeaways from what's happening with the Canadian trucker protest and Justin Trudeau's response and handling it outside of the obvious authoritarian uh, escalation to it. Um, the first I wanted to cover, the first bullet point in this is state-funded media and it's bias. Now, see, what they want, what the Build Back Better program was trying to provide, which didn't make it through, the, uh, not the spending half of infrastructure, but the other half that was, that was knocked down, there was a provision in it to give tax breaks and funding to media corporations. And when you look at it, the one thing the media does, and this is what I've said for a long time when people go, why does the mainstream media love big government and always want to be on the side of the left? Well, because they know the left will reward them for their favorable coverage in these tax breaks, and they want to be like the BBC or the CBC, where they don't have to worry about the fact that ratings and, and viewership and engagement with newspapers and media companies is at an all-time low for many of them because there's so much competition and they and, and the industry has changed around from a paper to digital realm. So that hurts their bottom line. They can't sit there and make BS articles about Trump Russia and all this crap that gets proven to be false when we see the real things happening with Clinton campaigns, uh, spying on Trump while he was president with tech companies and all the things we've learned this week, which I can get into at another point. But uh, they can't write these BS articles 
and stay in business. Their ratings suck. They got no ratings on CNN, MSNBC, hardly any ratings, uh, viewership of New York Times, what have you, down low. So if you had the government continually lining your pockets and bailing you out, you could do whatever you want. It wouldn't matter if you succeeded or not, right? So that's where we're at. So they have this affinity for that. But that's what what happens when you're in a situation where the news is paid for by the state. You know, we have that with NPR and we should really eliminate that. But they want all of it, CNN, everything to be NPR. Now, Fox News, there won't be. You know, that's why they're saying they're going to call them an illegitimate fake news site and say that they're putting out misinformation. That's part of the misinformation uh, moniker is to delegitimize them as a news source so that when the funding does come, they won't be able to get any and they won't be a part of the game. This is CBC. This is what state funding sounds like regarding the truckers. Why the word freedom is such a useful rallying cry for protesters. The word has become common among far right groups, experts say. So they just think the truckers are a bunch of far rights and that they're using the word freedom as some sort of diversionary term, you know, like they do with us, calling us white supremacist and uh, white nationalist. We're not. They call Christians that. I've said that many times. Um, but going back to the article, as demonstrated, uh, as demonstrations against COVID-19 restrictions continue across Canada, the word freedom is on the lips and placards of many protesters. <laughs> often associated with the protest and rallies in the United States. The term has taken hold among protesters who are part of the Freedom Convoy, which rolled out into Ottawa in late January and has become entrenched in the city's downtown. For many, freedom is a malleable term, one that's open to interpretation. That flexibility in part has fueled its growth among certain groups, said Barbara Perry, director of the Center on Hate, bias and extremism at the Ottawa base Ontario Tech University. Quote, it is a term that has resonated. You can define it and understand it and sort of manipulate it in a way that makes sense to you and is useful to you, depending on your perspective. This is crazy. The word freedom is a white supremacy term now. <laughs> it also is a term that has thrived among far right groups, said Perry. One of the number of experts who say the presence of far-right groups in Canada is growing. I'm tired of reading this drivel. But that's part of it. Media funding uh, by the state, by the government, is what is fueling misinformation and is giving a, a way to frame those who don't follow the Great Reset COVID vaccine passport lockdowns um, it's a way to paint them in the eyes of the general public as domestic terrorists. Um, now, the next point is what they said when they talked about the funding of the truckers. This should tell you you never want government control of the currency, especially if it's digital. A digital coin, a digital Fed coin. They can control what you purchase. They can deny what you want to buy. They can do all things. So listen how they're handling the truckers. And she says some key things about payment processing, cryptocurrency. Just listen to this clip. This is about following the money. This is about stopping the financing of these illegal blockades. 
We are today serving notice. If your truck is being used in these illegal blockades, your corporate accounts will be frozen. The insurance on your vehicle will be suspended. Send your semi-trailers home. The Canadian economy needs them to be doing legitimate work, not to be illegally making us all poorer. This is about the money. This is about freedom. Terrence, what is this all about? (laughs) Sorry. Terrence and Philip were one of my favorite South Park shows. Not just the movie. Go back and find that one episode where they said Chef was going to come back or something happened, and then they just uh, replaced it with a full Terrence and Phillips uh, episode where Celine Dion was singing the national anthem and Saddam Hussein takes her hostage. or so. It's friggin' awesome, awesome stuff. But anyways, um, yeah, so they're going to freeze bank accounts, which they've said that they have frozen bank accounts without any court orders. How is that possible? It's like what we do here in the United States. We just, ah, we'll get, you know, we'll get OSHA to come down there and shut your business down because you didn't do any vaccination uh, passports or vaccination requirements. Uh, OSHA can't do that, and that's not constitutional. Ah, don't worry about the Constitution. We'll pretend that it's legislation and just get everybody to act on it. And then you've got healthcare industries acting upon it, big business, tech companies all falling in line. And there was no legislation whatsoever. They're doing the same thing here. Freezing bank accounts. But then the payment processors, they're going to go to Stripe and they're going to go to different processing companies, Visa, MasterCard, and say, yeah, just deny any transaction to the truckers. That's why you don't want government providing the currency. You don't need the processors at that point. You just go straight to the coins. You go, oh, okay, the digital coin for the truckers is in this account, and they want to move it over here so that the truckers can get access to it. Deny that. Let's just deny that. That's why driverless trucks is going to be an issue. What if you want to drive your truck to the uh, protest? Well, if it's a Google truck, old Biden's going to get on the phone with, uh, you know, Larry Page, say, hey, can you shut down those trucks? Uh, yeah, because they're run by Google. <laughs> That's what, You want to go to the Stop the Steal rally? I say this all the time. Put in the destination. Oh, I'm going to go to D.C., block this, that. Oh, that's the location of the Stop the Steal. And it's going to pull over on the side of the road, and you're not going to be able to go. You'll be hoofing it by foot. We're given too much control over for ease and safety and the enjoyment of luxury and technology and innovation. We got to stop giving title away. We have to own hardback books because they don't like 1984. They'll just delete it, right? They don't like Animal Farm. They'll just delete it. Same thing with vehicles. You, you want to lose the fact that you have the ability to drive wherever you want. You talk about freedom. That's freedom. Oil and gas from oil fuels your freedom to drive wherever you want. You want that taken away? Well, make it driverless. Let 5G roll you around town. 5G that will be run by Huawei and China, right? You want that? Yeah, that 5G will be used for facial recognition, uh, surveillance. It's going to be used for 
driverless cars that will allow transit to where they want you to go. That's why they push so much for these light rails and we're going to have the fastest train. Why do you want a train so bad? Oh, because you want us relying on you for transportation. What happens when you want the next COVID lockdown to happen? Well, we'll just make sure we shut down all the trains that you enjoy that get you wherever you want at light speed like they promise. Right? That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> but, um, and then the other point is equal justice should be applied. You know, they had Antifa riots all over Canada, burning churches to the ground, people getting hurt, people getting shot. I didn't hear Justin Trudeau say they're going to freeze their bank accounts. I didn't see Justin Trudeau sending the military after him. But they are here, and these people are doing nothing. They're cooking for each other. They're playing hockey. They're doing raves. I've seen the videos. And the weight of the almighty government is going to be forced as a boot to their neck. It's, it's really insane. I mean, they're going to act outside the legal boundaries of their government. Like we've been doing here with the constitution, just make up mandates, use bureaucratic agencies to enforce ideas that aren't even legislation, which Canada's doing this with their emergencies act. And then they're going to force the weight of the government against these people because this is all part of the great reset and we're getting in their way. We got in their way with Brexit. We got in their way with Trump. Hell, I'd even go far as far back to Nixon. I'd say we had Nixon and then we had this Watergate thing happen with some people that I look back and go, Hmm, they might've been rhinos. Nixon resigned. Woodward and Bernstein realized, Oh, the media could force a president out. Well, hell let's go after him every time. And that's what they've done from Reagan to George H. Bush to George W. Bush to Trump, right? They've gone after all of them. Now you look at what happened with the tea party and then they put the tea party down. Obama pushes Hillary Clinton out of the way. I wonder why that happened. How did he get picked? He was a Senator for a year. Nobody knew who he was. Still questionable backgrounds with that guy. Was he from Kenya? Was he from Hawaii? I don't know. I'm not insinuating anything here. I'm just saying we didn't know much about this guy, and he comes rolling in, and then he sets the stage for everything to come. He is the reason for the spying on Trump, and maybe they were spying on Trump with the five eyes, which are the Australia, Great Britain, France. I mean, all the players we see, Germany, I mean, the five eyes all spied on Trump along with the Clinton campaign, the FBI and the CIA. What were they afraid of that Trump would know? I would think there's two things. I would think there's the plan to enrich themselves off a global union that would be formed. And then I think they had their little fun with Jeffrey Epstein on his island to which Prince Andrew just paid a crap ton of money to Virginia Guffrey today. So that's gone. Ghislaine Maxwell, she, you know, they settled one of those cases. She, she's going to go under the rug. We'll never find out all of the insidious behavior that has happened on that island by Lex Wessner from Victoria's Secret, by uh, some of the fashion industry, by Kevin Spacey and George Clooney and Bill Clinton, right? All of that must have been in the mix and that's why they had to oust Trump. 
And that's why they they had to install Biden. That's why they installed Trudeau. Who knows who else they've installed? Look at the people they go after. They go after Bolsonaro down there in Brazil. Why? Because he is a Brazilian first guy. They go after the leader of Hungary. Why? Because he is a Hungarian first guy. Anyone that isn't playing on the global Build Back Better stage was all targeted and some of them successfully ousted. Now we're stuck with the Biden junta and they're just wrecking the economy, wrecking and uh, wrecking foreign policy, pretending that there's this big dust up with Ukraine and Russia, destroyed Afghanistan, gave that over to China and the Taliban. Because China's the model. So on the other side of the break, I'm going to get into some news articles that are really Really, I've talked about these things before. I found a couple threads that had a lot of examples. And when you look at it, uh, there, it's about climate change. It's about sustainable living through you know, food supplies, all these things. But really, they all boil down to Green New Deal items that fall in line with the Great Reset that is going to be dictated by financial institutions and different government private co-ops that are going to judge whether or not you can participate in society by your environmental, social, and governance, social justice and governance scores. You're going to have an ESG score, and they're going to determine whether or not you can do business, whether or not you can live in society, kind of like China does with their social credit score. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. So the Canadian truckers are wildly effective with their blockade of, and their truck in sit in with their trucks, you know, protest of the vaccine mandates. Of course, Trudeau's ramping it up. And the leftist always has to have foot soldiers who are violent or subversive. They have to have their foot soldiers, which are the media uh, who do all the misinformation campaigns and do the, the disinformation chaos. And then you got Antifa. They're the ones who go out there and they beat people with bike locks and try to burn things down. And so they've decided because give, send, go was the other option. Once GoFundMe slammed them and said, now nah, we're going to screw you and just put the funds back in the, in the donor's hands. Give, Send, Go was available, and they're a Christian company. They take donations, and they also allow crowdfunding. Well, they had to be dealt with, too. So somebody hacked into the, to Give, Send, Go and put all the personal information of those involved out online. Well, suddenly we get news stories like this one from Allison Ma from the, uh, the Ottawa Citizen and Son. She said, the owner of Stella Luna says she regrets making the $250 donation to the truck company, saying she thought it was a, quote, peaceful grassroots movement. She has made the donation on February 5th when police were calling the protest volatile and dangerous, right? So that's what they do. Um, then we find out that the hack of the Christian fundraising website, Give, Send, Go, has not deterred donors, but perhaps emboldened them to continue using the site to send money to organizers of the Canadian Trucker Envoys. Donations are now up $1.2 since the site came back online yesterday. That was from Aaron C. Davis. I think he's with the uh, Washington Post. 
Um, the give, send, go hack is an example of what I mean when I say the left is fighting like an actual violent overt war, and it's why they're subject to the rules of war. And those, those rules are things like my belief that BLM is not allowed to block roads, but the truckers can. That's actually Austin Peterson, good friend of, uh, of mine, actually, online. Um, I agree with him. And that's the thing. They're, not, they're out there doxing these people like they did the old grandma that, that donated to uh, or was a part of some Facebook group that they said was Russian operatives that CNN went to their house. Um, that kind of stuff is happening to these people that donated. And listen to the guy who hacked it. You're going to learn now why you can't share a country with these people because what do they do? Well, you wanted to donate. GoFundMe said, no, we think your cause is garbage, and we're not going to let you donate. You could still donate to Riot Kitchen, who was a part of burning down Seattle and the Autonomous Zone. They were the ones feeding the Antifa people because they're an Antifa organization themselves. They can still get funding, and Kamala Harris is still willing to bail you out if you go to jail on her behalf. Those riots are okay. Trucker protests, not so much. So listen to this leftist because that's the other thing. You wanted to donate. You found an alternative, and then they hacked it and shut that down. They're not going to let you share a country, and you can't share one with this individual. This is the guy who hacked it. Listen to him. (laughs) Nothing scares me. Nothing. Yes, I doxed the truckers. I did it. It was me. I hacked Give, Send, Go, baby, and I do it again. I do it a hundred times. I did it! I did it! Come at me! What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to me, huh? I hacked Epic Hosting! I hacked Parlor! I hacked Gab! I hacked Truth Social! I hacked Go! Gibson, go! I don't care! I'm. You can literally put my name into the news tab on Google, and you can find everything I've done! I am literally in every mainstream media publication for the things that I do. I'm not an unknown actor. I'm literally a famous f***ing cyber terrorist. And you think that you can scare me? (sighs) See, they always default to the pedophile accusations. They always default to that because they have nothing else. It's actually some projection. That guy, I want to see his browser history. That guy loves little girls. I've hunted pedophiles. I've outed pedophile rings online. I have gotten pedophiles arrested, buddy. You have no idea who the hell I am. There isn't proof of shit, you lying little c- Die! I'm going to restart this live. Come back. How do you share a nation with somebody like that? Somebody whose sole goal is to break into a website give out all the personal information so that you can be exposed because simply you are wanting to donate to a cause that opposes government tyranny. Of course, they're the ones that say that we're the fascist, you know, because we're fighting fascism. But these people are mad. They hate you. It's just like what happened in, uh, in Louisville. <laughs> this crazy story of this guy. There's a mayoral race coming up and there's a rival candidate who goes into his rival uh, candidate's office with a gun, tries to shoot and kill this guy. Come to find out later, he's an anti-gun activist who had a gun. And then you find out he's a Black Lives Matter member. (laughs) 
Quintez Brown, this guy. <laughs> he, he actually pled not guilty this morning, but he had a loaded uh, Glock handgun and a magazine in his pocket. According to the police report, he had ammo in his gun case. He was found uh, 10 minutes after he uh, shot up this office. <laughs> it's crazy. Found 10 minutes after the shooting, a half a mile from Craig Greenberg's office. The report said he fired several shots at Greenberg. Police say they took Mr. Brown into custody outside of Butchertown Market. Uh, Chief Erica Shields said his motives remain under investigation. It appears he acted alone. Yeah, did he? Because Quinez Brown pleaded not guilty. His attorney, Rob Eggert, said in an interview that Brown is a Martin Luther King Jr. scholar. Yeah, just like Obama is a constitutional scholar as he pissed all over the Constitution every chance he got. He went to University of Louisville. He's a great kid. Unfortunately, I think he's battling some serious mental issues and emotional issues. Bail was set at 100000 Now, this is where it gets even better. Um, apparently, Black Lives Matter Louisville is heading to the bank to get a cashier's check to post Quintez Brown's bail. Brown is charged with attempted murder for allegedly shooting the mayoral candidate, Craig Greenberg. Now, my question is, is the financial institution that's going to issue this cashier's check to Black Lives Matter to bail this guy out, are they going to deny the funds? Are they going to just say, oh, we're just going to put a stop hold on that check? No, because it doesn't work the other way around. These people can burn buildings down. These people can pull statues down. These people can go into an office and try to gun you down. They can go to a baseball field and try to gun you down. And they will be without reproach. They will be supported. They will be allowed to stay on social media. They will be allowed to receive funds through crowdfundme sites. Um, it, it's only if you stand for patriotism, freedom, because this is all about the Great Reset, every bit of it, all about the Great Reset. They want to be able to allow, the, allow these things to go. I mean, you know, it's, it's not like they're ever held to account. Have you seen this flight map showing over the 140-plus private jets that left L.A. After, Super, after the Super Bowl within the first Five and a half hours the game ended, and it's insane. Flights all over the place, yet they're the ones telling you, well, you shouldn't fly. You shouldn't drive your car because of carbon emissions. Yet they're gallivanting all over the place. They go to Glasgow. They go to you know, Davos. And they're the ones lecturing you that you're not doing enough. And we get crap things like this. U.S. sea levels will rise rapidly in the next 30 years, new report shows. Huh. So those sea levels are going to rise. So we probably should take light rail and get in electric cars that are more problematic to the environment than gasoline-powered vehicles. And what's really crazy is there was another article. New perspectives on the enigma of expanding Arctic sea ice. Wow, that's crazy. So wait a minute. We're going to be having rising sea levels due to global warming, but yet Antarctica is growing in sea ice? How's that possible? My favorite is the fact that they came out with a report that said ethanol, ethanol-fueled 
fuels or ethanol fuels are more damaging to the environment than fossil fuels. So they wanted, remember when they started cutting our gasoline with ethanol, uh, corn-based ethanol? Well, that ended up being a problem because that stuff is more dangerous to the environment. And the batteries, the lithium, all that stuff, really problematic to the environment. So they're selling you on a bunch of lies because China isn't following any of these climate goals whatsoever. In fact, they're trolling us by painting Beijing on the freaking, you know, the reactors <laughs> as, as people are, you know, skiing off the side of the mountain. Yet, yet here we are. We're going to go to wind power and solar because what we're doing is we're crippling ourselves on purpose. And then you look at the, the food thing. The food issue is really amazing to me because I found a string of headlines I'm going to read these headlines, and I might even play a a video clip. But basically, the takeaway is is this, and I've done shows on this, and my wife thinks I'm crazy when I bring it up, and I I keep saying, they don't want you to eat meat because they think that the cows are giving off emissions, and those emissions are problematic to the environment, but yet they're going to eat tomahawk steaks, they're going to sit down and eat the finest fillets, and you're going to be left eating bugs and caterpillars and roaches. And she's like, are you crazy? I mean, do they really want to say that? Let's go to the list here. From The Economist, caterpillars are packed with potassium, calcium, and magnesium. They are richer in protein than beef or fish. This is from uh, Edenget. Get ready to eat bugs if you want to live beyond 2060. Yeah, let's get them bugs ready. New York Post, people like the taste of insect butter in their waffles, study finds. Scientists are experimenting with larva fat to replace butter. They soak insects in water and then mush them into a blender before, they, uh, before septifu- uh, centrifuges separate a butter-like substance, which the team then issues to bake with. That's great. New York Post. I taste-tested a bug diet. The sustainable protein could save the world. New York Times, long before the Asian giant hornet began terrorizing the honeybees of Washington State, murder hornets posed a sometimes lethal threat to hikers and farmers in the mountains of Japan. Food uh, containing insects are gaining popularity globally with bugs touted as sustainable and cheap food, high in protein and minerals. New York Post, mealworms show great promise as sustainable food sources. So we're going to be Rolling up like, you know, we're going to Pet Petco, PetSmart, and we can get our mealworms and, uh, you know, blend them up, make some butter. <laughs> I mean, from The Economist, edible insects and lab-grown meat are on the menu. The EU food watchdog group uh, uh, paved the way for the diners across Europe to tuck into insects as it gave safety approval for human consumption of dried yellow uh, mealworms. Time Magazine. They're healthy. They're sustainable. So why don't humans eat more bugs? Guardian. If we wanted to save the planet, the future of food is insects. (laughs) Wired Magazine. The cicadas are coming. Let's eat them. Popular Science. The broad X cicadas are coming, and you should eat them. Here's how. (laughs) Axios. Cicadas emerge. Sparks renewed. Calls to eat insects, a sustainable protein source. 
They want us to be third world guys. They want us to go back to the third world because China is going to become the first world and the world economic forum is going to build the global union to where, you know, we're going to wave our little flag at the, at the Olympics, but that's about it. Your patriotism is going to mean nothing. It's crazy. When you combine chocolate, cinnamon, and the nuttiness of bugs, it really gives you that holiday feeling of when you're walking around the big city, eating <laughs> roasting nuts on the sidewalk, says Chocolatier in Maryland, who serves cicada sweets. From Seeker Magazine, insects may be key to our sustainable food f- future. Bloomberg, burgers made from bugs. The fake meat industry is starting to explore fruit fly patties and mealworm nuggets. From Bloomberg, the European Union's landmark decision to approve insects for human consumption was a victory for maggots and people everywhere. It paves the way for an alternative protein source that should play a critical role in feeding a hotter, more populous world. There goes a hotter, sea levels rising, we got to eat bugs, even though real scientists have shown Antarctic's ice is growing. That's the Great Reset. Just check out this video. It's crazy. Earth's population is on track to hit almost 10 billion by 2050, and feeding everyone is going to present some pretty major challenges. Could a vital pillar of a secure food future be something a little out of left field? Could it even be living in said field? Could it be bugs? Okay, let's get the most obvious question out of the way first. Is this a weird idea? Well, it depends on who you ask. To the 2 billion people around the world who indulge in entomophagy, that is, they regularly include insects as part of their diet, it probably doesn't seem that strange at all. Actually, if you love shellfish, then you're already most of the way to eating bugs. I mean, they are all arthropods, after all. The US FDA even had to warn people with seafood allergies not to eat any of the billions of cicadas that emerged in 2021 because they contain similar proteins that could trigger an allergic reaction. People who are regular insectivores tend to live closer to the equator, where bugs are available as a food source year-round. People who hail from higher latitudes like Europe don't have a tradition of eating insects, probably because they're really only available in the summer when they're nutritionally redundant anyway. But the squeamishness many people feel at the thought of eating crawly critters is learned, and not an innately human instinct. In fact, our bodies produce an enzyme that can break down the hard chitin of their exoskeletons, so clearly we adapted to eat them at some point in our history. I never thought I would want to eat insects, but looking at his food, I, I really want to try it. Would you eat Belgian waffles made with bug butter? What about a sprinkling of ants on top of your favorite dish? The idea might take some getting used to. But insect-based foods have been slowly creeping onto menus all over the world. Why? Scientists say insects are a sustainable and cheap food that's high in protein, fiber, and minerals. This is Future of Food. So the COVID tyranny was to set the stage. The infrastructure bills were to lay the foundation. And Brexit, the election of Donald Trump, was all middle fingers against it. And they had to take it back. I mean, like I said, 200,000 ballots that they could not, or they did not count in Canada, which could have put Trudeau out of office. Yet he's there just in time for this. Biden. Oh, yeah. 81 million votes. 
yet he's got 20% approval ratings in the majority of the states, I mean, around the nation. In fact, the only states that really support him are California, New York, I want to say it was Connecticut and Hawaii. Everybody else is giving him a 20% approval rating. 20%. I mean, this is probably why they spied on Trump the entire time. This is probably why Boris Johnson was out with COVID for a long time. Who's to say that and rough his up, <laughs> rough his ass up like Harry Reid, you know, with the exercise machine. But they're eventually trying to push us into something that's extra constitutional. It doesn't it goes around the Constitution. And they're setting the stage for us to drive around in electric vehicles, take light rail everywhere. We're going to eat mealworms and and roaches and, and, you know, insect butter while they're flying in private jets because they're the better people they need to. They're going to eat great steak. It's not going to affect them. And when they collapse the economy so they can give us a digital Fed coin, so then we can, you know, be told what we can or cannot spend, and then, you know, the IRS will automatically know what our bank accounts are leveled at, they're going to be making out like bandits because it's going to be their relatives that own the green energy vehicle uh, companies. It's going to be their... Uh, their relatives that own the maggot burger processing plants, right? It's going to be their relatives or they're going to pass legislation that's going to help their relatives do all these things. And then they're going to, you know, go laughing off into the darkness with all the money. But there's pushback. I don't want you to think that there's not. Canadian truckers are pushing back. Different state treasurers and different state legislators are fighting back against ESG scores and saying, no, you can't just, you know, discriminate between who you want to give, give funds and lending to because you just don't like their, their line of business. You don't agree with it because it goes against your environmental, social justice and governance ideas. So we have the ability to push back and the Canadian truckers is very important. It's a very important display as to why and how effective uh, why we should push back, how effective they are, and that you can be effective. Strength in numbers. You know, Afghanistan was able to take down two superpowers, right? You know, they're, we're rolling into Iraq. It did, these people are rolling around throwing IEDs out and making a difference against the superpower army. Strength in numbers. That's why there's a Second Amendment. Now, granted, Remington is going to get sued by Sandy Hook. You know, the parents of Sandy Hook, and they're going to say, well, you're a gun manufacturer, so we're going to go ahead and uh, make you responsible. When little did they know, Remington doesn't exist, and uh, the insurance companies are the ones that paid it back. But that's, that's to set the narrative. The next move is to remove your power through your armed abilities. Because defense is a natural right given to you by God that, th- that is codified to not be trampled on by the government, by the founding fathers who said there is going to be a reason for this. The reason is the more of us armed against the more, you know, the, the total of them and, and, and governmental power is what keeps everything in check. And I'd say we fared a little bit better than Canada and Australia, don't you think? It wasn't just simply federalism. It's also because we all have the guns, but they're coming for them. And the Great Reset cannot happen without us being eliminated from owning weapons. So that is going to be the final shoe to drop. But 
we have a way of keeping it from happening. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Uh, tune in, iHeart. You can also uh, check out the Roku channel in your streaming store and donate to the show. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. And then call to be on the show, 1929 Go Go USA. We'll see you guys next time.